What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the I'm Telka TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai. Shields got a jam-packed show for you today. Tie a bow on the 2020 NFL regular season by recapping Week 17. Uh, Francisco Lindor got traded earlier this week to the New York Mets. Give you my thoughts on that. I'll wrap up the 2020 Cincinnati Bengals baseball season and put them to bed, hopefully, till next September. And then, of course, it is Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League, the opening round of the 2020 NFL playoffs. I will preview and go over and give my pick for each and every game that will be played this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. But as we start here on this Friday, January 8th, the weekend of Friday, January 8th, the year 2021, let's jump right into it uh, with recapping uh, the week that was in week 17 in the National Football League, it's concerned. Uh, let's just go right down the board here. Uh, Brent and Kate, you know, just to get, this will be a quick monologue, then take a break, then get some other things. But Cleveland clinched a playoff berth on uh, Cleveland clinched a playoff berth first time in 18 years 2002 they finished the regular season 11 five six and two uh, at a first energy stadium they beat they had to fight like hell to do it and they had to scratch and fight and claw tooth and nail when uh, Pittsburgh was resting uh, some starters including their starting quarterback uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. As they took head business against Pittsburgh 24-22. Uh, the, those two teams will play each other on uh, Sunday night. I will get to that in the, at the, towards the back end of our program. That's I number one. I number two, the Baltimore Ravens clinch a, clinch a uh, get the fifth seed. Cleveland's the sixth seed. Both teams, Baltimore and Cleveland, finish at 11-5. and five. But Baltimore, of course, gets the five seed. And Cleveland gets the sixth seed. Because uh, because Baltimore swept Cleveland in the regular season, blew them out in Week One, and then they had that uh, then they had that uh, game of game of the Monday Night Football game of the ages back in uh, back in uh, mid December in Week Fourteen uh, in Cleveland. So Baltimore they swept the season series from Cleveland, so which is why they get the fifth seed and they go to Tennessee, and why uh, Cleveland gets the sixth seed and has to go to Pittsburgh and has to. Play play uh Pittsburgh back to back uh this time at Heinz Field instead of Cleveland. But Baltimore steamroll I'll get to my Bengals after the break, I'll give you the Cincinnati side of things. But from a Baltimore perspective, they absolutely steamrolled all over Cincinnati. Cincinnati was not competitive in the football game whatsoever. Uh, thirty-eight to three. Lamar Jackson threw the ball eighteen times. When you run the ball for ninety-seven yards on eleven carries, and J.K. Dobbins is the phenomenal running back out of Ohio State. Thirteen carries for one hundred sixty yards on the ground and two touchdowns, and and you total for four hundred plus yards, four or four to be exact yards on the ground. You can get away with throwing the ball eighteen times, and he wasn't at best on the football too. Lamar Jackson only eight incompletions, ten for eighteen, hundred thirteen yards passing, three three touchdowns, and threw an interception. Not his fault. The ball was tipped and just happened to fall into the arms of the Cincinnati linebacker, but he did throw an interception in the game on Sunday. Baltimore. 
clinches a playoff spot. They ran the table. Uh, they finished the regular season with, get uh, get you the specifics here, Baltimore finishes up the regular season riding a five-game win streak, have not lost a game since December the 1st when they lost to Pittsburgh on the road, 1914, the game that's supposed to be played on Thanksgiving. Whooped the, uh, they whooped the Cowboys, uh, had the thriller game against the Browns, took care of business against the Jaguars, took care of business against the Giants, and then whooped my Bengals uh, last Sunday. So Baltimore and Cleveland are in the playoffs here the uh, here in uh, 2020. Uh, a team that will not be in the playoffs is the Miami Dolphins because they got absolutely dominated by a Buffalo Bills team that had nothing to play for. Two seed was already locked up. You, you get no bye week, so Buffalo could have easily... Uh, they could have easily, uh, you know, they could have, they could have easily, you know, not rest, you know, rest their starters, not play Josh Allen, basically pull the Kansas City Chiefs route, and basically not give a crap about the game, and basically, and basically hand the game to Miami, but give Buffalo credit that they went out there, all of their starters, they went out there, and they, at least the starters that were active and that were healthy, they went out there, they gave it a go. And they gave themselves rest of the afternoon off anyway because they ended up blowing out Miami by 30, 56, 26. Josh Allen, 18 for 25, 224 yards, passing through for three touchdowns and an interception. I mean, this Buffalo Bills team is absolutely off the freaking charts. They they put up point they put up points like nobody else's business. Their 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 defense forced Tua to turn the football over three times on Sunday. He threw three Tua threw three interceptions in the game, and they even got Miami to fumble the ball a couple of times. Threw it through. Tua was absolutely terrible, which is why Fitzpatrick testing a positive with COVID was so just so deathly and just so costly to Miami because because Tua did not have it. He was overwhelmed by the game overwhelmed by the scenario by the big time situation of playing of playing a big time game late in the regular season against the division rival getting to the playoffs he was overwhelmed he was 35 58 through for 361 through and through excuse me through three interceptions in the game and only one touchdown and they couldn't run the football whatsoever so miami uh, says good night uh because at, as the result of their as as a result of their Loss against the Buffalo went meant nothing for Buffalo, but it went, but it meant all the things in the world to Indianapolis, who needed Miami to lose. If they wanted to get into the playoffs, which is why I was talking last week, week before last, about how if if uh, if uh, the Colts ended up missing the playoffs, they were going to be kicking themselves for the rest of the winter and through the spring of blowing that seventeen point lead to Pittsburgh on the twenty seventh of December. Indianapolis makes it into the playoffs, taking care of Jaguar, taking care of the Jaguars twenty eight fourteen. To make Made a game a little interesting, which would scare you when Indianapolis goes up against Buffalo. I'll get to that game later in the program. But it took care of business, punched the playoff spot. Phillip Rivers, 17 for 27, 164 yards, passing through a touchdown and interception in the game. Jonathan Taylor, one of the best top five best running backs in all of football. And this is and this is no lie, and this is not an exaggeration. 30 carries, 253 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. For the for Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the top five best running backs in all of the National Football League, what a job! What a performance from the Indianapolis Colts. They take the set. They they take the seventh the seventh and final seed in the AFC that was up for gra- that is up, that was up for grabs heading into Week Seventeen, as we. Uh, 
as uh, that and that and that wraps up uh, where you stand as far as the AFC wildcard picture is concerned. Wildcard teams just went through them. Baltimore gets the Baltimore gets the five. Uh, Cleveland gets the six. Indianapolis lucky they you know that they're not playing in the old and what I mean old meaning from last football season old of uh, the previous playoff format because there was no seventh seed. So if the, if it was under traditional format, you would have uh, you would have. Uh, you would have Kansas City and Buffalo get the bye, and hey, you would have Kansas City and Buffalo get the bye. The three seed would be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would end up playing Cleveland. Would the matches would still be the same? Pittsburgh would play Cle- Pittsburgh would host Cleveland, and Tennessee would ho- and Tennessee would host Baltimore. The only difference is that Indianapolis and Buffalo wouldn't have been a thing. Buffalo would have had to buy along with uh, Kansas City, and Indianapolis would have made the playoffs. But you add the extra team, so you get an extra game. Buffalo has to play this weekend instead of next weekend, and Indianapolis is in the playoffs rather than out of the playoffs. But Indianapolis is in, Cleveland is in, Baltimore is in, Miami is out. So that is where you stand as far as the AFC wildcard is concerned. As far as the AFC South division title is concerned, which was on, which was on the line for Indianapolis too, by the way, uh, Tennessee wins it by the hair of their chinny chin, but wins wins of the AFC South division by the hair of their chinny chin chin. I mean, I got Mike Vrabel, I got Mike Vrabel on. Uh, I got Mike Vrabel with uh, you know going for going for it you know going for it around midfield on a, you know fourth and long and the game is relative is relatively tight. I'll pull it up. I'll pull up the situation uh, for you in a minute. But uh, boy did boy did uh, boy did uh, Tennessee get lucky because their defense their defense is not bad. Their defense is horrendous. Deshaun Watson who. Deshaun Watson, who arguably had one of the greatest seasons that will not attract any attention, what that will not attract any attention whatsoever, had one of, had one of the better uh, statistically regular seasons that you're ever going to see from an NFL quarterback, and he is one of the top five NFL quarterbacks right now. But but uh, but you know you never know about it because because the Houston Tech because the Houston Texans are pathetic and a garbage football team. But but Houston, Tennessee's defense is not bad. They are absolutely horrendous. They can they. I mean, the, the Sean Watson. Listen to how many passing yards Sean Watson threw in the game. Sean Watson was twenty eight for thirty nine, three hundred sixty five yards passing through for three touchdowns in the game, and they allowed Brandon Cooks eleven receptions, one hundred sixty six yards, and caught two touchdown passes. And David Johnson on fourteen carries ran for eighty four yards and reached uh, and reached Painter one time. I mean, Tennessee's defense is the. Tennessee's defense, and this is why, spoiler alert, I'm going to pick Baltimore to win the game, but Tennessee's defense is not what they were in 2019. Their defense is not good whatsoever. They don't get after the quarterback. They allow the quarterback. I mean, why, how do you how do you think how do you think the Bengals beat them? I mean, when, when you don't talk, I mean, when, and the Bengals' offensive line was, ter- was terrible or was terrible, you know, was, is, whatever, yeah. Bengals offensive line is terrible. If you recall, they didn't touch Joe Burrow for, if not the entire game. And since and Cincinnati put up more than what, put up thirty uh, something points on the board. I mean, Tennessee's defense is absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. They stink. They flat up and down stink. You can throw on them, you can run on them, and they don't get after the quarterback. Ten- Tennessee is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, it was fourth and eleven. 
Titans were up by three, 11 plus, uh, 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Mike Vrabel decides, and Mike Vrabel decides to go, decides to go for it. I mean, really now? I mean, he got away with it, but Mike, pay attention. Will you please? Fourth and fourth and eleven, you up by a field goal. A good chunk of the fourth quarter left, and you're going and you're going for it. Where if you don't get it, you you give uh, you give Houston phenomenal territory to take the lead and or uh, tie the game up. Mike, come on, Vrabel, pay attention. Will you please? Anyway, Tennessee wins the division. Uh, Tennessee wins the division. Um, thanks to thanks to a uh, Matt Sloman. Who? What? Yeah, Matt Matt Sloman. Kicking a Galen and field goal off the upright and in to win the game and win the division for Tennessee. They beat the Houston Texans 41 to 38. That is where you stand as far as the AFC uh, playoff uh, chases were concerned in Week 17. As far as uh, as far as the NF as far as the NFC playoff chases are con- are concerned. Uh, Saints obviously did not get the number one seed. They took care of business against the Panthers. Seahawks and 49ers game meant not meant nothing either because the Packers because the Packers took care of business, uh, locking up the number one seed against uh, against the Bears. Matter of fact, let me give it to you right quick. Uh, Packers beating the Bears 35-16. Uh, Packers offense when they go up, I mean Green Bay's defense is is not exactly uh you know the Green Bay Packers defense of the nineteen sixties, but when they go up against real competition, they can't score any points. Mitch Trubisky turned into a pumpkin, came back down to earth, thirty three for forty two, two hundred and fifty two yards passing and an interception. The game couldn't run the football whatsoever. Had David Montgomery, who what? He had David Montgomery two carries sixty nine yards rushing on the ground. Did uh, run for a touchdown. Uh, their offense was just dead, dead as a doornail uh, for the entire game. Green Bay, give Aaron Rodgers the MVP. We please could waste some time. 19 for 24, 240 yards passing through for four touchdowns in the game. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Green Bay gets this weekend off. They await the they await the winner of the wild card games that will be played later this weekend. So because Green Bay took care of business and the Saints and the Seahawks needed Green Bay to lose to get the number one seed, those games meant nothing. I'm not even going to waste my time with the Saints and the Panthers. See, I'm touching on the Seahawks and 49ers because I want to get this point on the board, and then we'll get to the uh, NFC wildcard chases within the within the NFC West and then the NFC East uh, chase between uh, the Cowboys, Giants, and Washington. Um, Seattle, they won game 26 for 23, but my bigger concern is the fact that, that the Seattle Seahawks offensively, they, they, they got to wake it up. I mean, I, I understand that they had to change the way they play on offense to protect their defense because their defense is absolutely getting shredded to bits at the beginning, you know, at the beginning of the season. Atlanta, they gave up 25 points. Cowboys, they gave up, or excuse me, Falcons, they gave up 25 points week one. Cowboys, or excuse me, Patriots week two, they gave up 30 points. Cowboys gave up 31 points. Dolphins they gave up an ugly twenty three points. Vikings they gave up twenty six. Cardinals they gave up thirty four. The Forty Nineers they gave up twenty seven. Bills they gave up thirty four. Then they got themselves the and then they got them. Although they lost the game, they got themselves together, giving up. Uh, or excuse me, they gave up forty four points to the Bills. They gave up twenty three points to the Rams. They you know they and then they and gave up twenty gave up twenty one points to Cardinals. Got themselves together with Eagle game. They gave up seventeen points. They. They 
lost they lost the game, but they gave up 17 points to the uh, to the Giants. They didn't allow the Jets to score a touchdown. They didn't allow the Jets to score a touchdown. You know, like 40 to three in that blowout. They get uh, Washington. They shut them down offensively, 2015, and Rams 20 to nine, and then 26 to 23. But if I'm the Se- but if I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I am not. I am not. I'm not proud of the way that my uh, that my uh, offense has played. You know, they gave you know, outside. Throw the jet. Throw the Jets game out. Throw the Jets game out. Forty forty to forty to three. Throw the Jets out. But you know, you have to go back to the Buffalo loss back in November. The last out again outside of the Jets game where they put up thirty plus points to get against a decent opponent. Then when they put up thirty four points of a loss against Buffalo, this offense. I mean, sixteen points in a loss against the Rams. You know they they got they got to get stuff. They got to get themselves going offensively. They are they have be from what was a one of the what we thought was going to be one of the more high scoring offensive teams in all of football. Boy, have they boy have they cooled off. Boy, have they cooled off in the second half of the season. It's like it's flipped. The defense was terrible and the offense was flying high. Now the offense is now the offense is spotty and the defense looks like the, looks like the Legion of Boom. You know, they, they kicked two field goals in the first half, one in each quarter. This put up a big fat goose egg in the third quarter and put up 20 of their 26 points in the fourth. Going up against the Rams, I don't care who's starting. I don't care who's starting. And, and even if they get away with it against the Rams tomorrow afternoon, if they if they go in the if they go in the Lambo, they they can't go in the Lambo. Wait, you know they can't go in the Lambo and decide come fourth quarter to put up twenty four or excuse me to put up twenty plus points in a quarter. Wait till the fourth quarter to do it when they're going up against Aaron Rodgers. They can't and that dynamic and high scoring Green Bay Packers offense. They can't do it even if they get away with it against the Rams, which. You would like, which you would think, because the Rams' offense isn't that good anyway, and Sam and Jared Goff again stinks, and I'm not trusting an AAF quarterback. You know the Cardinals is overrated. They they're they're not that good. I'm not expecting an AAF quarterback to. I don't care if there is no fans or not to win his first playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks on the road. With minimal time to prepare, you know, they, they have a quote-unquote shortened work week because you don't have that extra day on Saturday uh, because the game day is on Saturday. But if I was a Seahawks fan, I would be absolutely, uh, I'd, I'd be nervous and awfully concerned about my offense being able to put up points on the board and get into an offensive uh, rhythm scoring, you know, early in the game. You know, kicking, you know, you cannot go into halftime going up against the Saints or the Packers, you know, or, or even the Bucks for that matter, putting up, you know, scoring, putting up field goals and through one half of football, you just you can't win playoff games. You can't get to the Super Bowl playing like that offensively. And the and this is San Francisco 49er team that was injured to hell and back that had absolutely nothing to play for in the game, and they didn't put up twenty point twenty plus points until the, until the final quarter of the game, and and put up nothing in the third quarter. So if Seattle wants to make a big time playoff run, they got to get themselves together and get themselves organized offensively, and 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 they got to be more and they got to be more fluid and they got us and they got to score more frequently and consistently on offense but that's I had to get that off my chest about the Seattle 49er game because I was not impressed by that offensive performance on Sunday against the against the 49ers as far as the NFC wildcard chases that were within the NFC within the NFC West 
uh, Rams beat the Cardinals uh, 18 to 7. John Wolford, uh, John Wolford, who what? Yeah, John Wolford of the uh, of uh, the AAF. Of, of of the now defunct AAF, he was twenty two for thirty eight through for two hundred thirty one yards passing through an interception, which was a pick six in his first you know NFL pass, um which which and give him credit he you know he did it he did his best not to lose the game for the Rams he certainly didn't win it you have to pin that on the defense and Cliff Kingsbury get to him in a minute, but he he, he didn't lose the game for him and he did a great job bouncing back you know can you imagine your first NFL pass it being a pick six and how in a in a must win game. For the football, for the football team that you're, uh, what a couple of days, uh, you know, that, that you know that you're a member of for 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 not even a week, and in the first NFL pass you throw in a winner take all week seventeen game against a division rival is throw a pick six, but give him credit, he came up, he 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 bounced back, he got he got up, dusted himself off, and he and he played for for what it was worth, a decent football to put the Rams in the best position. Uh, to win, my biggest uh, pet peeve, and you know I'm a rip on him, is uh, on uh, Cliff Klondike bars. I like to call him, otherwise known as Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, just because, and it can, and before I get in depth, I mean, just because you coach, just because you coach uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, and 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 Kyler Murray, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you know how to coach a football team know how to direct an offense and and essentially know what the hell you're doing as an NFL head coach because Cliff Kingsbury is abs is absolutely pathetic. Do you know that on a third and 18, third and 18, down 11 with 5 minutes to go in the in the football game on Sunday in the fourth quarter. Do you know on a third and 18 around midfield that Cliff Kingsbury called an option play with with uh, with Kyler Murray who was on one good leg. He he did not play for the majority of the game because he had a leg injury that bothered him throughout the game. Do you know on a third and 18 around midfield down 11 points so that's a two possession game that's a two-possession game to put it where the ghost can get it. Down five minutes, this idiot decided to call an op- decided to call an option, a, you know, a triple option, a quarterback option play on a third and eighteen with five minutes to go in the game. Did you know that? Third and eighteen with a quarterback on one good leg, down eleven with five minutes to go. And 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 this jackrabbit calls calls a triple option play. Are you are you kidding me now? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Cliff? Wake up. Down 11, so you need a touchdown, two-point conversion, that's eight, plus a field goal, that's 11. Five minutes to go. Your offense has been inept all afternoon, and you're down two scores. Two-possession game. Third and long. Quarterback on one good leg. One good leg. And you call an option play? Really? Cliff. Pay attention! Pay attention! 
Third and 18, your offense has been inept all game long. You couldn't run the football for anything. And you call on a third and 18 with five minutes left, and you're down 11, and you call an option play when you haven't been able to run the football all afternoon in a game that you have to win to make it into the playoffs? Really? Cliff Kingsbury, this is what we're going to do now. Really? Third and 18, run an option play. Down 11 points, five minutes to go in the game. The game that you have to win to make the playoffs. Are you, seriously? And did you know, did you know that the Cardinals started the season 5-2 and two with a 2-0 and oh record within the division in the NFC West? They ended the season... After their first seven games, they lost three out of their last nine. They finished three and six, finished the season eight and eight, and did not win a single game. A single game within their own division. Did you know that? Cliff Kingsbury. Really? Because he because he's younger than 40 years of age, looks like he belongs in a GQ magazine, and at one time or another he had a he went out to dinner with Sean McVay. And because he coached Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield in college, that somehow makes him out to be an off, a quote-unquote offensive guru and an offensive coaching genius. Really? Really? This is what we're going to do now. Really? Because he knows Patrick Mahomes, Beck Mayfield, younger than 40 years of age, and looks, and, 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 looks like, and looks like a pretty white boy I used to go to middle school with. Really? With the with the comb over hairstyle on top, with the uh, with with the side of his with with the side of his head, with the sides of his head cut low, really. Give me a freaking break! Enough, enough of Cliff Kingsbury. Enough, enough, en I've had it. Enough. I don't want to hear anything from anybody about Cliff Kingsbury being a big time NFL head coach. Not a single word. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear anymore. He is no. He is not. Uh, I don't want to hear it anymore. I do not want to hear it anymore about Cliff Kingsbury being a big time NFL head coach. Because because this is not the first time he's done this. There have been many of times throughout this season. You can go back and watch the games and look at the tape that this guy has no idea what the heck he is doing as far as in game. Clock management and good play calling is concerned. Not a single clue. Not a clue. And just because you know you coached Patrick Mahomes in college and Baker Mayfield in college doesn't mean that you should be qualified to have an NFL head coaching job. And if the Cardinals want to go any forward and don't want to waste Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and the tent and the dynamic duo that those two could be together, here's what you need to do. Fire Cliff Kingsbury. Right now. Right now. Anyway, to the NFC East. Giants beat the Cowboys 23 to 19. 23 to 19. 
Andy Dalton did what he does best, throws the football up and up into the end zone for the hell of it. Triple coverage has an interception, causes him the game. Uh Mike McCarthy, I don't know what he's looking at. He should have challenged he should have challenged it. I mean, it's just, the Cowboys are just an absolute mess. And they fired uh, their defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, earlier today. Giants set up the situation where if Washington lost in a Sunday night game, they could end up winning the 2020 NFC Eastern Division title. They didn't. They lost, uh, Washington won the game 20-14. to Alex Smith did not play great. 22 for 32, three, uh, 162 yards passing through a touchdown pass and two interceptions in the game. Could not run the football real uh, real well on a Sunday night. Jalen Hurts, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that situation with Philadelphia, 7 for 20, 72 yards passing and an interception. Now, as far as the... Um, as far and as far as the and as far as the uh oh and oh no also with with the with the Cardinals also I forgot I had the I forgot I had this in my notes okay uh second and fourteen down eleven on your own thirty one yard line early fourth quarter now and he calls a screen pass that L A saw right through and a drive in it and a block field goal and he got no and he got no points and at first and fifteen down eleven. Two timeouts left, five forty-five left in the game. He calls a he calls a halfback draw out the shot. Enough of, calls a halfback draw play to Edmonds, the running back. I mean, enough with Cliff Kingsbury. Enough with with Cliff Kingsbury. And and then on that play that he ran that third and eighteen scenario, option play to Edmonds, the running back with one timeout doesn't get it. Down, down, late in the fourth quarter, one timeout to go, and he and he punts. Enough of Cliff Kingsbury. I've had it. I've had. I've had it. I've had it, and I've had enough. En- enough of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. He cannot. Man- he cannot manage a big time football game out of a paper bag if his life depended on it. Enough of Cliff Kingsbury. Anyway, I had to get that. I had to get that out. Uh, got me sidetracked. I'm talking about the NFC. Uh, about the NFC and the Washington uh, Philadelphia game. With this, and I'm gonna address this controversy with uh, with this uh, with this uh, Peterson thing with uh, Nate Sudfeld. Look, should he did now in, in in Doug Peterson in Doug Peterson's defense, and in all fairness, he did say that he was going to play Sudfeld on Sunday night. So before you go crazy, or how could he do this? Uh, Nate Sudfeld. He did say he did come out and say that he was going to start Sud Sudfeld. To be to be fair, um, to be fair. Now the timing of it is 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 piss poor because he did because he wasn't. It looks like he wasn't clear with his players about the time about the time in the game that he was going to start Sudfeld. Uh, which uh, which I don't like because he's not because the line of communication is foggy. You know, you're the head coach, you're the head guy. You're supposed to set the example. You're supposed to have that clear line, open of commu- open line of communication with your players. He did not do that. Also, taking out Jalen Hurts when it was clear he didn't know he now he he isn't a he isn't a you know he isn't a, a Hall of Fame player. Uh, Jalen Hurts he was not tremendous in the game, but. If any but anyone but he did he ran for two touchdowns and he ran for two touchdowns in the game. I mean, for the way that game was going, Jalen Hurts gave uh, Jalen Hurts gave Philadelphia the best chance to win. Well, again, was not great in the game, but he gave Philadelphia a better chance to win than Nate Sudfeld. And the fact they pulled him out and he was down three is is uh, 
I don't want to say is it's 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 a disgrace, but it's not right. It it just it's not it's not right. And again, and also I don't want to hear any of you Giants fans, Giants fans, and Giants players out there screaming and yelling or talking about Doug Peterson screwed us. You go into investigation, blah 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 blah. blah. Doug Peterson does. Doug Peterson's not owed the New York Giants fans or players a damn thing in the world. So the idea that Doug Peterson essentially. Uh, essentially should be uh, tried in the court of law for throwing a game to screw over the Eagles is, 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 uh, is a bunch of hogwash. Doug Peterson owes the New York Giants absolutely nothing. You won six games. Maybe if Evan Ingram could catch a pass that uh, could catch a pass that my four-year-old cousin could have caught uh, in their game against in their game against the Eagles the night of the debates back in mid late October, wherever it was in Philadelphia. Maybe maybe you could have won more than six games. And when you win six games, I don't I don't you don't deserve to make you don't deserve the winner of the NFC East in general doesn't deserve to make the playoffs but the fact that one of them's got to go you want you won six games you lost 10 you don't deserve to make the playoffs all i understand all of them don't deserve to make it but the giants don't deserve to make it you lost 10 games you won six place and you weren't beating tom brady anyway on on uh on saturday this week whatever you weren't beating them anyway so what? You win a division to get your teeth to to get your heads bashed in by Brady and the Bucks, and you lose the game thirty eight to three in an absolute snooze fest. Give me a break, Giants! Oh, I don't hear anything but the Giants fans or the players. Doug Peterson owes you absolutely nothing. Pipe down, enough. Pipe down. And if the NFL has such a big issue with Doug Peterson, you know, starting Nate Sudfold, well, here's an idea: don't put a four win, uh, don't put a four win team with absolutely nothing to play for that's eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday Night Football Week Seventeen. Maybe that's an idea for the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. Might just work. Certainly hasn't been. Certainly that idea did not uh, cross the minds over there at uh, in Park Avenue. But Doug Peterson, you know, it's hard to read how, you know, I got the sense early in the week that he lost the locker room. Then it's stuff coming out where, you know, it's that's kind of misleading. So I don't know. Jim Schwartz is retiring. Carson Wentz wants out. All I know is that the Eagles are going to have a tough time winning football games in 2021. And the idea that Doug Peterson up in the press conference saying, well, we're trying to win the game, Doug, give me a break. Quit insulting our intelligence. When you, when you rest Jalen Hurts, when you're down three, and it's obvious to the whole world that he gives you the best chance to win, to put in Nate Sudfield, a lame duck quarterback that's been on your roster last uh, few seasons, I don't know anything about the well, best chance to win. Nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. But but that felt, that that Doug Peterson story was such was such a huge story. Uh, I, I had to say so. I don't think it was that big of a deal myself. It didn't bother me watching it live. The game was an was an absolute bore as it was. But there's my thoughts on Doug Peterson in the Week 17 recap. Take a break, get some baseball news, then uh, to give you my thoughts on the Bengals 2020 season recap, and then Wild Card Weekend back right after this. Welcome back 
to the I'm Telka TIS podcast. Quick item of baseball news to get to, then we will go back to discussing NFL football. Uh, and that is that the New York Mets uh, traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from the Cleveland Indians uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Uh, so, uh, so the Mets get themselves the young, uh, the young, dynamic, and energetic uh, shortstop from the Cleveland Indians, which is it's an absolute, it's a fantastic trade. As far as the as far as the Mets are con- as far as the as far as the Mets are concerned, uh, it gives uh, it give first of all it gives them another personality to work with. They you know they got Pete Alonso and they got the Groms and go, so they got so they got a so they got a guy with a little personality that can sort that can be quote unquote Aaron Judge's rival for who of who gets the attention as the big baseball celebrity. In New York City, and when the Mets are good, they will get lots of not only national attention, this the positive not national attention, but they also, uh, I would imagine, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't live there, but will be a very hot ticket once fans are allowed back into uh, City Field, and will be a hot commodity within the tri-state area and uh, and uh, New York and New York City. But it's a fantastic trade. Lindor is a two eighty five career hitter, one hundred thirty eight home runs, four hundred eleven RBIs, uh, uh, has uh, walked two hundred eighty four two hundred eighty four times last year to be specific. It was sixty games to take it for what it's worth. He had two fifty eight, twenty seven RBIs, eight home runs. Uh, twenty nineteen though, you know he's had phenomenal seasons. He had he had three thirteen two thousand fifteen. 301 in 2016, 15 home runs, uh, 78 RBIs in the year the Indians went to the World Series. 2017, the year when they had that long win streak, he was a 273 hitter, and if you remember, he hit that um, he hit that grand slam that brought the Yankees within one in Game Two of the ALDS three years ago against against New York. They ended up uh, they ended up tying that game off of a. Uh, off of a Jay Bruce game tying home run in the eighth inning, they ended up uh, winning the winning the game in extra innings, all to uh, lose three in a row to get out, or to excuse me, to get eliminated by the New York Yankees in that same divisional series three years ago. Twenty eighteen, he had two seventy seven, uh, two seventy seven, thirty eight home runs, a career high. Uh, thir- uh, 38 home runs, a career high for him, and 92 RBIs. He had 284 2019, the last quote-unquote 162-game season that he had. Uh, 284, 32 home runs, 74 RBIs for Cleveland. He's That's going to be an excellent deal uh, from a part of the New York Mets. An excellent, excellent deal to get a, to get a shortstop that's got pop in his bat, can also... Can also hit for power, as I previously mentioned. I mean, he he's going to fit. Right, he's got the, the with the with the contagious smile and the personality. He's going to fit right in, right into New York, and will immediately make a make the Mets a big time National League Eastern Division contender. They also get Carlos Carrasco as well. Uh, Mets with the new owner Steve Cohen, not afraid to spend, not afraid to uh, excuse me, not afraid to spend money. Uh, which uh, which he stated when he bought the team back in November. Not afraid to spend money. He's the only owner out of all the thirty teams that didn't lose money because of the pandemic. Because because he you know he's playing with because you know, he didn't lose anything because he didn't own the team during the twenty twenty season. But 
Uh, but the, they are the Mets are looking to uh, be like the be up there with the Yankees, looking to be up there with the Yankees and the Red Sox as far as these uh, big time uh, teams in Major League Baseball with a high payroll uh and uh and whatever it takes the old the, the days of uh, Fred Coupon and and the Wilpon zone and the Mets those days are long gone the Mets are a big market team and they're going to spend money like a big market team so i absolutely love the signing from Francisco uh, the uh, the trade excuse me of getting Francisco Lindor uh, uh he's a good number 2 number 3 guy uh, in your lineup gets on you know hits for average and hits for power he's got plenty of pop in his bat hits you know you know hits uh, many you know last two last three uh, 162 game seasons that he played obviously he didn't play the whole 162 games but under a regular 162 game schedule he had 33 home runs 38 home runs 32 home runs and his average was over 270 which is all you could ask for uh, from your uh, from your shortstop, it's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. The Indians obviously didn't want to pay him the big money that he was going to ask for, but and you, and you better believe that the Indians are going to give him uh, every nickel come the end of the two thousand and twenty one. MLB season. From an Indians perspective, they are going to be bad, and they're going to be bad for a good little while. This is the last season of uh, being known as the quote-unquote uh, Cleveland Indians, and and let me and uh, let me address that because I haven't had a chance to address it, to have a chance to address it yet. But that that you know it's and I'm and I'm looking at the ESPN headline right now, and it's got from Cleveland Indians. I'm looking at highlight reels of Lindor in the Indians uniform with the Chief Wahoo on the sleeve and everything. So I mean, and the Chief Wahoo logo, I understand. And you know, I I think that's more uh that's more um uh, that's worse I think than the than the Redskin name me personally because it literally depicts the an Indian as an actual Redskin. I mean not not bur- not the dark burgundy like Washington has, but the but but like the bright red that's on the Indians logo. So, but I understand all that. But it's utter hypocrisy. You know, we'll use the game for one. We'll use the name and the and the likeness and the logo for all. You know, for one more season, so we can basically, you know, get rid of all of our shipment of things with the Indian logo and and name and word mark on it. But you know, but because but because it's all all because all of a sudden it's uh it's it's heinous and it's the equivalent of the, of the n word to use. We'll get we'll dump it and we'll dump it because it's the politically correct thing to do. I mean, come on, really? I mean, again, I said this with the Washington name and I'll say it again. You know, the name changing the names of these sports teams isn't isn't going to stop the fact isn't going to stop the isn't going to stop the fact. That uh that that uh black that black people are you know have to deal with racism and police brutality by the police you know George Floyd you know the, the officer that shot Jacob Blake in the back seven times ended up getting off I mean, I, I don't and and so and so and uh, and I don't think the changing of the Washington Redskins or the, or the Cleveland Indians name change is gonna is going to uh, prevent is going to bring justice. For uh, for the for the uh, for the black people that have suffered at the hands of the police, so the idea that you know that we have to change these names because all of a sudden it's going to uh, change society and all of a sudden end racism and end police brutality against minorities is uh, is a, is a bit is a bit of a Pharisee to be to be quite honest with you. I mean, all it is all it is is just, all it does is provide the illusion 
provide the illusion that change is actually going to happen and that you know that oh racism man eh, we're putting an end to this it, all it does is give the illusion and give the and give the fabrication that we're actually that we're going forward and being progressive being inclusive and yet this and that and the other when really we haven't when really we haven't done a damn thing and if anything we're going backwards instead of forwards it gives the illusion that that you know that we're actually you know going forward and we're being progressive we're being inclusive and and anti right and all that sort of stuff when when you know uh, example just as early as uh, this past just as uh, late as this past week you know when Jacob Blake's killer you know saw saw you know in bright in bright daylight recorded and, and put out on the internet in front of America shot Jacob Blake in the back seven times for point blank range and and. And, and and essentially got away with it, but we're going to change the names of these sports teams because you know to make ourselves feel better. You know the guilty white liberal out there to make ourselves feel better because it's the politically correct thing to do. We've been calling the Minions and Redskins for hundreds of, for hundreds of years. I mean, give me a break. And we'll and we'll use the name in two thousand and twenty one to make sure we sell every item of Indian merchandise. And then, uh, you know, and still have the Indian word mark on the top of the scoreboard at Progressive Field in Cleveland. But come 2022, we'll get the Indian name out there. And God forbid, say Cleveland Indians, when you refer to the 2016 World Series or watch the movie Major League or refer to uh, or refer to the uh, win streak that they had in 2017. I mean, it, not only is it hypocritical, it, it's, 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 it's a joke. It really it really is a joke. We'll use it to sell. We'll use it to the money we'll use it because we still got to make money off of the name so it can't be that bad if you're still going to have it if you're still going to have it to sell jerseys and to sell hats and everything else but then come 2022 the name is essentially equivalent of the n-word where if you use it accidentally or on purpose on television or radio you know you're going to get you're going to get canceled by everybody and their mother i mean give, give me a break will you please and again it provides the illusion that we're actually going forward when in reality nothing not not a damn thing has changed from yesterday what because the name is changed all of a sudden it's going to end and end racism and make me feel better when we're when still when this injustice is happening across america in the streets every single day but yet the cleveland indians name is is is, is all of a sudden going to end racism and solve everything when we when we had it for hundreds of years give me a break Please give me a break, and and I and I like the Redskins name, which is a slur and which is heinous. But in Indian, it's it's not a slur, it's not a slur, it's 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 who that's the name. An American Indian, Native American, American Indian, that that potato potato, they're the same damn thing. So. That I I've yet to give my thoughts on it. I put it off for so long, but because the Lindor trade actually gave me an avenue for me to bring it up. But that's my that's my that's my thoughts on 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 the, on the name change. I mean, I mean, re, re, we're going to change the name to make ourselves feel better. The guilty the uh, guilty politically correct liberal out there. I mean, really, this is what we're going to do now. Meanwhile, there's still injustices happening in the street, left and right. Jacob Blake shot in the back seven times. Officer didn't get charged. But but we're gonna change the name because it's, because all of a sudden it's gonna suddenly, like, like that and and racism and and, and uh, discrimination and and social injustice across America. Get over yourselves, guys. Get over yourself.
And again, we'll use it for one more year, and and we'll and we'll say Indians, Indian, Indians, Indian, Indians, Indian, Indian. I can't, I can't say it. Try saying Indian, Indian, Indian three times fast. Indian, 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 Indian three times. You know, we're gonna say it on ESPN, on MLB Network, Fox, TBS. We'll you will use it nine million times. You know when they're you know when they're playing the White Sox in the middle of uh, in the middle of July in twenty twenty one. But come twenty twenty two, we gotta refer to them as the Cleveland baseball team or whatever. You know, please, 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 give me a break. But then, but my original point is before I went into that diatribe that the Indians are going to be a bad baseball team in 2020 or excuse me, 2021. They're going to have a hard time winning games. They are. They, 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 and and they and your and the fans out there, be prepared. You are going to uh, see them. You know, could the brand, you, 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 your teams all can't be good. You, the Cavs got out the basement. They want the Cavs got out the basement. Played in quite a few NBA Finals. They won a championship. They're now back in the cellar. Indians came out the basement, made the playoffs a few years, won won the American League championship, got to Game Seven of the World Series. Then they you know they made the playoffs a couple of years after that, 2017, 18, 19, and 2020. They're now back in the cellar for a good little while. Browns they were in the cellar for a long time now. They're in the playoffs. Cleveland, you know. While when the Browns were terrible, you say at least we got LeBron. You don't have LeBron. Cavs, Cavs stink. At least you got Baker Mayfield, Odell, and Jarvis Landry, and uh, Nick Chubb, and you got the Browns. Because Indian fans out there, you are going to be in for a uh, good little while of uh, bad baseball up in uh, up in uh, the uh, as they like to call it the mistake by the lake. Anyway, take a break. I wrap up the 2020 Bengals season coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Umbrella Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now back to the National Football League, and let me bring them up to get them out the way and put them to bed so I don't have to discuss anything of their matters until uh, at least the earliest until April of uh, of the uh, of the dra- come draft time in September as far as on the field stuff is concerned. But let me put to bed my Cincinnati Bengals, who I mentioned at the top of the program got absolutely smacked, lost, got blown out thirty five points, thirty eight to three. I mean, and and this is uh, and I don't know if this is the football gods is uh, you know revenge for. Fourth and twelfth, twenty seventeen, in week seventeen, three years ago, 
Oh, or, uh, or AJ Green destroying uh, destroying uh, the Ravens in week two in 2018. I don't, I don't know what, but I hope this isn't a, I hope this doesn't become a trend. Uh, you know, we, we finally beat Pittsburgh. Now all of a sudden the Ravens, the Ravens are, are the Bengals kryptonite. I mean, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, we cannot score a touchdown against these guys. They get, they put up three points. Three points that didn't come to late in the second half back on October the 11th when they got smacked 27 to 3, and then on Sunday they get smacked 38 to 3. So if you do the math, uh, 38 plus is 27. The Bengals have been outscored in their two games in 2020 against the Baltimore Ravens in Cincinnati and in Baltimore. The combined score is 65 to 3 in favor of the Baltimore Ravens. And if the Cincinnati Bengals want to be taken seriously again as a big time team in the AFC North and a team that eventually somewhere down the line can make a playoff push and become a big time team in the AFC, they have to not only beat beat the Ravens one time or another, but they got to be competitive. I mean, Cleveland, they, Cleveland. In two games that they lost against Clinton, uh, now the, the week two that score is a little bit misleading because that was garbage time numbers that Burrow put up with the garbage time points. But I mean they were competitive against Cleveland back in November. You know they were competitive and they beat Pittsburgh back in week seventeen. And the two games and the two games against Baltimore, they th their offense doesn't show up. Their defense gets ran out of the building, and they and they and their guys that are on the football field that have no idea what the heck they're supposed to do out there. They get overrun. They get overwhelmed. The, the offensive line, the defense, they're terrible against the Ravens. Again, outscored 65-3 to in the two games against the Baltimore Ravens in, in 2020. That is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. I understand that the Ravens, you know, are a sleeper Super Bowl pick and, and got a Big time, big time, big time offense, and it is a fantastic football team with the reigning MVP Lamar Jackson, and the and the coming off a year where they went when they went what fourteen and two and got locked up the number one seed in the in the uh, in the AFC. Well, my goodness gracious, can you be and I, and I understand no Joe Burrow, but when Joe Burrow was playing back in October the eleventh, the offense was still not a factor in the game. So don't, don't give me Joe Burrow. They had Joe Burrow. They put up the same amount of points as they did with Brandon Allen. That is three. That is it. They have got to, got to, got to in the future learn how to be more competitive and figure out how to be more competitive and how to stop the Baltimore Ravens offensively and gotta and gotta muster up more points than just well and just than just lousy field goals. They they got it. They they cannot expect to be taken seriously as a team looking to improve and looking to become an AFC playoff team. We put up three points against the Baltimore Ravens, getting outscored sixty five to six in total in the in the two matchups. That has to change. That's I'm number one. I'm even going to. I'm not even going to read you the stats offensively because to do it, I mean, it's it's, it's embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing the numbers that they put up offensively. So I'm not. So I'm going to spare you. Uh, but they got to be more competitive against the Ravens in 2021 and beyond. Uh, as far as the team is concerned, Zach Taylor's coming back, which you know had had we lost to, had we lost to uh, Pittsburgh and, and Houston, I'd be raising hell. But you played well against Houston. You played well against Houston. Fine. You beat Pittsburgh. You ended the losing streak. You won a game of Monday Night Football. You you know Von Bell hard hitting Juju. I don't love it. 
I don't love it by any stretch of the imagination. I don't love the if they told me that they were gonna let Zach Taylor go and you know search for a enemy or something. You know, I'd I'd love it, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd I'd be doing cartwheels. So the Taylor's coming back. I don't love it. I'm not in love with it, but and I don't know what to say if I'm okay with it, but I. I guess you could say I'm okay with it. I don't love it, and I'm not in love with it, and it's not, and I don't think that's great, fantastic news, but I, I can live with it. You know, they played well. They played well last two, two out of three games in the regular season. You know, they won back They won back to back. They Again, they ended the losing streak against Pittsburgh. They won a game against Pittsburgh at home. First time, in a long, first time since 2014 that they've done that, uh, I believe. You know, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, you know, because she had the game in December 2015. They lost the playoff game there, and then they lost the other home games against Pittsburgh in 16, 17, 18, and 19. So I I, 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 I can live with it, you know. I can live with it. But all I got to say is 2021, Burrow says he's going to be ready week one. No excuses. You got to draft well. You got to get offensive linemen. Got to get you got to get offensive linemen. Get yourself a decent tight end. Build yourself up defensively, especially with the defensive linemen, because Dunlap's gone and 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 Geno Atkins might be out the door as a free agent. So you got to get yourself defensive linemen, pass rushers to replace Atkins and Dunlap. And you have to, this is priority number one. You have to have to have to build up build your offensive line through the draft. Through trading, through free agency, I don't care. You cannot, under any circumstances, put Joe Burrow in a situation for him to get killed in 2021 because it was unacceptable this year when you have an offseason actually do so because you actually seen what what you have, which is a pathetic offensive line. You have you have to fix it. No excuses, no questions asked in 2021. You you know what the issue is. You know what has to be addressed for 2021 and beyond. Fix it this off season, or else me and everyone else with you know the the thirty five thousand Bengals fans that are out there are gonna scream and are gonna rage and are gonna raise holy hell that Zach Taylor has to be fired. This is it, twenty twenty one. This is it. You have Zach, and, and you and you and you get an extra game in twenty one twenty 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 one too. So you can you know so you get you get the benefit of you get the benefit of of an extra game. And the last place team, I believe, is in the NFC West, which I believe the Bengals didn't end up playing the uh, the Forty Niners, which which aren't which could end up being another game that we could lose because the Forty Niners are supposed to be coming back and healthy and ready to go as a Super Bowl contender in twenty twenty one, but they got chances to win some games. They got you know, there's no re and I granted they do play, you know, they they got a. Uh, off the bat, they got the three playoff teams within their own division: the Ravens twice, Cleveland twice, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh twice, and then on top of that, then on top of that, they have the uh, they have the Bears, which they are a playoff team. But let's be honest, the Bears don't deserve the you know, under the regular under the regular playoff format, the Bears not be in the playoffs. So granted, they were they are a playoff team for twenty twenty, but they aren't you know they're not a play they're they're a playoff team that the Bengals have a chance to beat. I put it to you like that. 
And then on top of that, you and then on top of that, you gotta you gotta uh, you gotta play Herbert. You gotta play Herbert and the Chargers again. With, with who should be better again at home? Sopa and Sopa Fat Randy is nowhere near uh, the field goal kicking duties in that game. And that uh, AJ Green, if he's on the Bengals in twenty twenty one, make sure not to push off uh, when the side judge is looking dead at him uh, to cause himself a game winning touchdown catch. And on and any and then you gotta go through the ringer. Potentially playing, potentially playing the two teams that could go up against each other in the Super Bowl in in a, in a month and about a month's time, actually a month from yesterday, uh, when you when you got to play. Granted, at home, so it's a little bit easy. You don't have to deal with Lambeau, and you don't have to deal with you know the uh, uh, you know the crowd at Arrowhead. So you do play them at home, which is which is which is a bit of a benefit to a certain degree. But you got to play the Packers and. and you gotta play the Kansas City Chiefs, and you know, and you know me. I will be so into that, and I will be so into the Kansas City Chiefs game. I will be, I will, I will be so annoyed if they, if they, if they lose to them. I mean, I'll be, be prepared for me to rip Patrick Mahomes a, a new one, and uh, and for me to be pissed at the Bengals if they, if and if they lose uh, to Green Bay. Uh, so I just uh, so when when I saw that part of me was hype like okay it's no excuse why I can't win seven eight games the other part of me is pissed because I can say and God forbid the NFL screws us by putting by giving us uh, Kansas City and uh, and the Packers back to back which which would absolutely infuriate me but and the thing I worry about playing two teams that couldn't end up playing in the Super Bowl. Won't be uh, won't be good for the Bengals either, especially if they, if that offensive line is 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 not addressed. But they gotta address the offensive line. Atkins, if he's out the out the door, gotta replace him. Uh, uh, they got offensive line already said they have to address. Uh, they also gotta place replace uh, Carlos Dunlap, who's been absolutely phenomenal for Seattle. And they also got to get a tight end as well. That's that's the needs this offseason. And Zach Taylor has uh, lots of soul searching to do and has to figure out a way to win seven or eight games for Cincinnati in 2021. Because if not, and mark my words, as soon as I'm sitting here, Friday, January 8th, 2021, I will scream and I will yell and raise holy hell that Zach Taylor has to get fired. Again, not in love with him coming back, but because of how the how hard the team played in the and their in their nice impressive victories the last two or three weeks of the season, I'll live with it. But if you you got I, you beat Pittsburgh now, you, if you beat Pittsburgh this year, I got expect for you to beat them at least one time in two thousand twenty one. In two thousand twenty one, so you get you got you got to give me you got to give me one victory against Cleveland, one victory against Pittsburgh. You, you, no excuse why you can't beat the Bears, Broncos, Lions, Raiders, and Jets and Jaguars. I don't care if Lawrence is there or not. Beat the Jaguars. Beat your place. Beat the Jaguars. Beat the Bears. Beat the Broncos. Beat the Lions. Beat the Raiders in Vegas. Beat the Vikings. Just got to stop Dalvin Cook. But beat the Vikings and beat and get revenge against the Chargers. Get swept by the Ravens. I'll live with it, but do me a favor, and I and and I'll end the segment the way I began it. You got you got to be more competitive. Even if you get swept by the Ravens in twenty twenty one, I can't have another you know twenty one plus point blowout where you fail to score a touchdown. 
that 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 is unacceptable. If you lose, if you lose thirty eight, if you lose thirty eight thirty five, you know it's the second time and the first time you lose twenty four seventeen. I'll live with it. But if if the games if the game's over early third early mid third quarter, we got against Baltimore in in the two games in two thousand twenty one. Me, 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 and the Bengals going to have, and Zach Taylor are going, are going to have a discrepancy because that you, you, you get blown out by the Ravens t- twice, and I'm not even saying lose to them twice. If you get, if you, if you lose by getting blown out twice in 2021, then we have an issue. You got to be competitive against Baltimore. You have to. You cannot in the two games you play against them fail to score a touchdown and get outscored 65 to six as an, and you're supposed to be an NFL team. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable, and on, and again, don't sit and give me well. Joe Burden playing the game. They put up they put up the same amount of points on Sunday, like with, without Burrow as they did with Burrow back on October the eleventh. Don't give me that, please. Don't give me that. Take a break. Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL closes out the program. Coming up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telica TIS podcast. Closing up the show with the most important uh, sequence of events this weekend, and that is Super Wildcard Weekend of the National Football League, the opening weekend of the opening round of the 2020 NFL playoffs. Three games each day, six days in total, Saturday. And uh, Sun Saturday and Sunday, and I will break them down here for you, and then give you uh, my picks of the six games uh, to close out the show against the spread. Game number one: Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis at Buffalo. Indianapolis, of course, as I stated earlier in the show, wrapped up the season at, with an eleven and five record, uh, got the uh, seventh and final wild card spot in the AFC. Buffalo gets the two. Seed in the AFC with a thirteen and three, uh, with a thirteen and three record, they took care of business against their division rival Dolphins. Colts edged out the Jaguars in their Week Seventeen game. I think it's going to be, I, I I think I think Buffalo Buffalo right now is flying. They got the second best ranked offense in the, in the National Football League. Their defense is within the top fifteen. They're fourteenth overall, third third in the pass game. Josh Allen had an had one of the best seasons he's ever had in his young NFL career. And I, I think, me personally, I think Buffalo has absolutely is showing no signs of slowing down. I think, I think, I, me personally, uh, and they, and I think that, and I, I think uh, they, I think they are my, I think they are my favorite, my favorite currently in the AFC to go to Super Bowl. Buffalo first, Kansas City second, and Baltimore third. Um, just because, just because Buffalo has, uh, unlike Kansas City, Buffalo has not wasted time. You know, I said this with Kansas City. I don't want to make this about Kansas City, but I said, you know, Kansas City they have not played. You know, they don't put teams away. They haven't put teams away this season, and they have not. And it's been a long time since they've won a game convincingly. You know, where they don't, where they don't have to basically grind it out to the last uh, three and a half, two minutes in the game. A Buffalo, you know, they blew out. 
about Miami, a team that had something to play for, a playoff spot. They blew them out by 30 and put 56 points against Miami's uh, starters in Buffalo. You know, they they all systems were a go for them week 17. I don't think but Buffalo, there's no stopping the Buffalo Bills. Their offense is, two, again, second best in all of football, third-ranked pass game in the league, top 15 defense. They they are they are also and they and it's a home game and they're gonna have fans in the and they're gonna have fans in the stands for the first time all year. That you do not and this is gonna be it's gonna be their first home playoff game in a long long time. You know over twenty it's been twenty plus years since Buffalo had a home playoff game. The, the, the too many things. Too many things are, are are in Buffalo's favor heading into that game on Sunday or or excuse me tomorrow afternoon. Not to mention it's the first game of the weekend, so so it's like extra anticipation there. It's like okay, let's oh let's start this uh, round of the playoffs with a bang. You know that you know that they are wanting. You know Buffalo's looking to uh, you know avenge their uh, avenge their two uh, their last two pathetic playoff performances. You know they even though they took cutes in overtime, they did not play great in that game. Josh Allen included and then of course their offense didn't show up in two they missed the playoffs in 2018 but in 2017 their second previous time making the playoffs prior to 2019 they are offense laid a fat egg to jacksonville in a wild card game uh in a wild card game in uh january of 2018 and so you know they're just chopping at the bit to win their first playoff game in quite some time it's their first home playoff game in quite a while they got fans in the stands first game of the weekend their offense can do no wrong josh allen can do no wrong the defense has played quite is played decent uh, you know as uh, here's what you, here's all you need to do stop jonathan taylor Jonathan and 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 the Colts have the eleventh have the eleventh best running game in the in the in the uh, in uh, in football. Uh, Colts have the tenth best offense in football. Their defense is top ten. It's eighth overall. So I don't expect them to put up. You know I don't expect them to put up fifty six points again again, but. I think I think I think the fact that everything everything that will that will go Buffalo's way that will I don't see I don't see how in the world Buffalo can lose tomorrow. I mean it, it it's it's just one of, I hate using this in sports, but it's one it looks like it's just going to be one of those days where it's like the game was just meant for Buffalo to win, and I and I think and I think and I think Buffalo's just going to win the game. All, again, their offense is is dynamic. It's phenomenal. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen is top five best wide receiver quarterback combo combinations in all of football. They 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 can they can do no wrong. They can they can do no wrong. So with that being said, I I th- I don't it's I don't think it's going to be the best game of Wild Card Weekend, but it will keep you in, it there'll be enough high there'll be enough uh, big plays and and scoring in the game to keep you uh, entertained come uh, Sunday come uh, tomorrow at uh, at one o'clock that game on CBS. So that is where you stand as far as Buffalo and Indianapolis are concerned. Indianapolis, I, I Indianapolis I think is right is right there with uh is right there with uh Cle- is right there is right there with Cleveland and is right there with Cleveland is right there with Cleveland, Tennessee and uh and Pittsburgh as as the teams that I that I do not expect on any circumstances to uh to uh, make the Super Bowl out of the AFC, I think the juggernauts in the AFC 
are uh, are of course the are of course the top two seeds in Kansas City and uh, Buffalo, and then Baltimore. I think is 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 the third is the third. Indianapolis, Tennessee, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. I do not see making the Super Bowl out of the AFC, and I and I think eventually Indianapolis is just going to run out of gas. I mean, they were they got lucky. They got lucky as all can be that that Buffalo stomped. Or stomped all over the Dolphins for them to get into the playoffs. I I just I just don't see, I I just don't see this being a uh, a, a uh, I, I I do not see the Colts winning this football game whatsoever. And that that that's how I look at it. I just but Buffalo is just is too dynamic on offense. And Josh Allen is just too good a player. And I would expect Josh Allen to be highly motivated and to be energetic and hyped as all get out to be playing that game in front of granted you know a couple thousands of people. But considering that you've played all your home games in front of nobody, three thousand people to them, especially in the playoffs, is going to feel like the place is sold out during regular times. So, uh, so, so and and again, their stadium is in the middle of a city where you got the background noise of being in the city. You know, they're at, you're in Orchard Park, a suburb of of the city of Buffalo. So, I I, I think I think all signs are going to point towards Buffalo winning the game on uh, winning the game on uh, Saturday. This game, the game, the second game of the weekend, which uh, and it's funny, you know, we got a we got a. Uh, we got Matt outside outside of Indianapolis and Buffalo and Tampa Bay at Washington. The uh, the uh, we got four four out of the six games on Wild Card Weekend are rematches of games that have been played in the 2020 season. Two of which are divisional matchups between the Rams and the Seahawks and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, which we'll get to in a little in a little bit. And and two out of the three and two out of the six uh, or excuse me, two out of the four rematches are matchups of teams that have played each other within the last three weeks. Seattle and the Rams played each other December twenty seventh and Cleveland and Pittsburgh played each other last week. But as far as the Rams in Seattle are, are as far as the Rams and, and Seahawks are concerned, like I said earlier in the program, if Seattle wants to make a Super Bowl run and especially wants to win this game, their offense cannot cannot be lackadaisical and cannot wait till the fourth quarter to put the pedal to the metal and and to essentially turn itself on and off and decided and decide to play a winning football offensively. They 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 can't they can't lax against the Rams. This team, granted, I granted I don't love the coach and the quarterback court and the quarterback situation is spotty. They got a good defense and they, and they're ten and six in the playoffs for a reason. You can't fool around with the Rams, especially 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 if you're playing them for the second time in a three week period and they're a division rival, and these teams know each other like at the back of their hand. You you can't screw around if you're the Seahawks offensively. You just can't. You gotta go you, offensively. You gotta come out guns blazing, put up points, and put them up early, and 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 to help and for yours and for their benefit, put them up often. You have to. It's 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 an absolute must if you want to beat the Rams to score early and often. And like I told my brother the other day. You know, like I told my brother the other day early in the week. You know, if the, if the halftime score is six six. Or not, or nine six Seattle, or nine six Rams, or or ten three, or ten six, or ten seven Los Angeles, or thirteen six, or thirteen seven Los Angeles, or thirteen nothing, or seventeen nothing, or fourteen nothing, or ten nothing Los Angeles. 
And if Seattle doesn't score at least two touchdowns in the first half, they're in trouble. That's all there is to it. They're, I'm not saying they're going to lose a game, but if they lose the game, but if they don't have two touchdowns by halftime, they're in trouble. I'm I'm sorry, and, and because this is a, because if they all because if their offense can't turn it on. You know, and they and they laxed them, and they laxed a little bit in the game they played a few weeks ago, where they only put up twenty points. And thanks to uh, McVay's coaching, you know, he he basically did the Rams in for the division. But they they got they gotta if they, they gotta put up they gotta score two touchdowns in the first half. If they if they if they want to like cement themselves winning this game. And to basically and to basically convince America that they're going to win this game, they got to score two touchdowns in the first half. Have to, have to, have to. And they have to, whether it's golf or the uh, or the or the uh, or the other or the quarterback, I forget his name, or or the or the AAF quarterback, whoever's starting, they got they got they have to, they have to make him sweat in that defensive pass rush Seattle, which all of a sudden is looks like the re- Legion of Boom days and reincarnated. You know their defense has uh, reinvented them, has uh, reinvented themselves uh, in the second half of the season, which you'd like, which you'd like. Golf is questionable with his thumb injury, so who knows? But uh, if I'm from a Rams perspective, I'd be more comfortable starting the AAF guy because uh, because Jared Goff is not a good quarterback when he's you know it's not a good quarterback when he's healthy. Starting Jared Goff with a bad thumb against a decent Seattle defense for the second time in three weeks in a playoff game and limited practice time, that in my eyes, that's not that's not a recipe for success. I'd start I'd start I'd start the, the AAF quarterback. If it if I if it was McVeigh and if I was the Rams, I I'd I'd start them. Because I'd start them because he, I I I I all you need to know from my eyes and my and how I feel, my point of view, I do not trust. I I don't trust Jared Goff. My life depended on it. I do not trust Jared Goff in a big time playoff game as far as I can throw him. Give me the AAF guy, some new, some fresh, some that Seattle hasn't seen before. Yeah, give give me let me and I want and plus I want a game with him anyway. Let me ride a hot hand. Jared Goff and your bum thumb. Sit down. Go away. I'll, I this this playoff run in my eyes. I'd go with the AAF guy. Because I don't see how how McVeigh can look his team in the eye and convince him and his team that that Jared Goff, with a bad thumb, mind you, gives them a better chance to win than the AAF guy. Again, the AAF guy is not Kurt Warner, but from what I've seen, he he gives them a better chance to win. I don't think the Rams are going to win, regardless who starts. But because I think Seattle is is the better team, and they didn't win, and they did win the division by two games. But having said all that, I, I from a Rams standpoint, the AAF kid gives Seattle or excuse me gives the Rams a better chance to win. They just do, you know that they 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 do. I'm sorry, I I I do not I do not trust. I do not trust Jared Goff in the big game. I don't care if there's no fans. I do not trust the, and, and if and if they and if the place was packed to the gills, the, the Rams would have no no shot. I don't care who they started. They can they can throw my man Mike in the OC behind center for crying out loud. They'd have no they'd have no shot, no chance in hell. But I, I don't I, I do not I do not Jared Goff in my eyes does not give the Rams the best chance to win. From a Seattle standpoint, they got to score early and, and they got to get at least two touchdowns before they have. They cannot sit around. And sleepwalk 
through, you know, through two-thirds of the football game without, you know, putting up one touchdown or kicking nothing but field goals. That ain't going to fly against the number one defense in all football. You got to attack them early and often and put 14 points on the board at least by halftime. That's how Seattle wins that football game. Game number three on Saturday, then I get to the Sunday action between the Buccaneers and Washington. This game is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I understand that the that watch that the Redskins has the second best defense in all of football. I understand all that, but their 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 offense is pathetic. They their their offense is ranked thirtieth in football, twenty fifth passing wise, twenty sixth rushing. I understand the defense is good, but when you're going up against Tom Brady in that offense, which has the second best passing game in all of football, seventh best seventh best offense. And their defense is within the top five. It's it's sixth overall. Granted, they can't run the football worth a lick. But when but when they, but when your offense is seventh best in football, and you got Tom Brady sitting there, I don't care if if the whether or not Mike Evans plays is irrelevant. Washington is going to get, and I don't care what Coach Iverson says. I don't care what uh, friend of the program, my buddy Brennan says. Washington is going to get is going to get destroyed, destroyed, destroyed by Brady. Destroyed. Destroyed. That's all I need to know. I mean, and, and, I, and, I, find, and I find it hard to believe that back-to-back years, first time ever in his career where Tom Brady has to play on wild First time ever Tom Brady's ever been a wild card, you know, been in, being a part of a playoff team not winning the division. This is the first time ever he's ever been a wild card team not winning your division. But this has been this is the third time in his career where he's had to play wild card weekend, 2009, and of course last year with the Patriots. And this is the first time in his career that he's had to play wild card weekend in back-to-back years. You know, 2009 wild card, 2010, you know, they had the bye and they lost to the Jets. You know, so this year, wild card with the Patriots. This year, wild card with the Buccaneers. Didn't win the division, but wild card with the Bucks. So... It's it's going to be very, and I find it hard to believe that Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, is going to lose to a sub five hundred Washington team. Granted, they had second best defense on football, but lose to a sub five hundred Washington team, you know, in front of an empty FedEx field, you know, on you know, on set on Saturday night in front in front of fifty million people watching on television. I find that hard to believe. Tom Brady's going to go back to back years wild card weekend. Spitting the bit in the nightcap on Saturday, I I I I find that absolutely, absolutely, absolutely hard to believe, hard to believe. This 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 game this game has Tampa all over. Congratulations, you earned your trip to Lambeau, where it's going to be minus fifteen degrees outside, and you're going to have to play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So, congrats, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, moving on to the Sunday action, I think it has the potential to be the best game of the entire uh, wild card weekend. It's between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Remember, these two teams went up against each other last year in the playoffs where uh, Tennessee absolutely dominated the Ravens in all facets of the game back around this time uh, last January in 2020. Back in November, Titans won in overtime 30-24. to Of course, Derrick Henry had a 30-yard uh, touchdown run in overtime to seal the deal for the Titans. And, of course, he had the Titans dancing and showboating on the Ravens' shield logo, which got Harbaugh and the Ravens all annoyed. Hopefully, the Ravens haven't forgotten that, and they will be motivated as all hell. 
heading into the game on Sunday afternoon. Have they have not lost? They have not lost the game like I previously mentioned at the top of the program since December the first against Pittsburgh, which which also was on the road. They've they've they ran the table, which is what they needed to do. Finish the season eleven and five. Finishing the season eleven and five with the uh, with the top wild card spot in the AFC, this has potential to be an all time classic classic football game. These two teams, you know, they these these two teams were heated rivals back in the early mid two thousands. Took it, you know, it's it's cooled down as of late 2019, 2020, 2021. Rivalry between the, which these two teams used to be division rivals back in the AFC Central. When you know it was, it was basically the four teams in the AFC North plus the Titans, so it was five. These two teams were hated, hated, hated division rivals back in the day, and they may not be in the same division now, but they but they are they look like they are going to be big time rivals again. Uh, circa the days of uh, you know uh, Trent Dilfer, Steve McNair, uh, you know uh, Eddie George, uh, Jamal Lewis. Uh, Ray Lewis, I mean, go on and on and on. I mean, this, this, this. If you if you love football and you like big time smash mouth old school rivalry type play, Ravens and Titans is the game for you. That game is, and what I hope is, hope I regardless who wins, I hope it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, fantastic football game. But you want to talk about football? It don't get any better than Ravens and Titans. And coincidentally, the Rave when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl in two thousand twenty years ago, you know who they beat to get there? Tennessee. Divisional round in Tennessee. Beat Tennessee. Well they beat Tennessee in the regular season, but they beat Tennessee in the playoffs. In Tennessee, beat Oakland and Oakland in its championship game, beat the Giants Super Bowl thirty-five. Giants aren't in the playoffs, but and the Raiders aren't in it, but don't say I, I didn't tell you so. But this is gonna be a phenomenal football game. The Tennessee Titans defense stinks. I mean, they're ranked they're ranked thir- they are ranked ranked, excuse me, twenty-eight. In the National Football League, their defense is absolutely horrendous. They can't get after the quarterback, which which is a recipe for disaster. If they can't get after the quarterback, what makes you think that they can stop Lamar Jackson? And granted, they've done it in the past. You can make the argument what makes you what makes you think anything different. But this is not the same Tennessee Titans defense that uh, shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. Back in January of last year, I mean that this is a totally different Titan. This is a totally different Titan team, and the Ravens got to shut down Derrick Henry. They got a seventh best, seventh ranked best defense in the National Football League, best rushing attack in football. It's going to be a hell of a game and a hell of a war between two uh, gladiator football teams between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Game number two on Sunday, I think, could be an absolute snooze fest and an absolute bore next to Tampa Bay and Washington. The best, the the all all the best games in the AFC or all the best games Wild Card Weekend are in the AFC. The best game you can make the argument, the best game of Wild Card Weekend is L.A. and and Seattle. 
but she, but the Bears and Saints is, is a bore, and Tampa and Washington is an absolute bore. And the best games you could have could be out of the AFC, Baltimore and Tennessee, and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Bears eight and eight, Saints twelve and four. This the bear. The sooner the Bears get eliminated from the playoffs, the better. Eight and eight with Mitch. No one see Mitch Trubisky play. I mean, enough of the Bears, we please. Get get them out, Breeze. Do me a favor, just get them out. Get them out quick, fast, and in a hurry. If I got to see the Bears play divisional round weekend, especially if I picked you all to win the, to go to the freaking Super Bowl, we're going to have an issue. Get them out. Get them the hell out the playoffs. That's all I got to say. Saints. Alvin Kamara. Not sure if he's going to play or not. Uh, honestly, all they got to do is just beat the Bears. Just, 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 just. All I got to do is just. Shut down the Bears' offense, and you gotta any any have a chance. To be quite honest with you, just take care of business against the Bears. Drew Brees, don't do anything stupid. Don't turn over the football over. Don't repeat your performance from Wild Card Weekend last year. We get out, we got outplayed by Kirk Cousins last year. What a debacle that was! Just you gotta just play solid football. That's that's uh, that's all I ask from the Saints. Just play solid football. Don't turn over football. Don't do anything stupid, and you win the game. That's all there is to it. And then the nightcap of Sunday and Wild Card Weekend to close it out is divisional uh, is another divisional game. These two teams play each other back to back, play each other in Cleveland l- last week. They play each other in Pittsburgh this week. Browns against the Steelers. Big Ben is a go. I see Drew Smith Schuster hasn't learned his lesson with riling up his opponents, saying, Well, it's the same old Brownies, or oh, it's just a g- boring, dull, great team. Uh, it's just good. I can Mike and I tell you if if the if the if Pittsburgh ends up losing the if Pittsburgh ends up losing this game oh my a I will rip the Steelers a new one and will rip Tomlin because again it's gonna it's gonna be another thing with Tomlin you know with with uh with Tomlin not having his team buttoned up buttoned up and having them tweeting everything and and running them mouths and and giving their uh, opponents ammun you know ammunition and bulletin board material. So it's almost as if Juju didn't learn from the Corvette Corvette thing with the Bengals. You know, he's riling up Cleveland, which essentially, which essentially, up to this point, their season is a success. All the pressure is on Pittsburgh now, not to lose to little old Cleveland in their building at night in front of everybody. So I and I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland's going to win because Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh, they've only had one good, decent uh, quarter or so of football, and that was their little seventeen-point comeback against the Colts a few weeks back. They, had, for the most part, for the last whatever it might be since the Washington game, for crying out loud, they have not played phenomenal football under any circumstances. I think Cleveland. Granted, no Stefanski, and you know everyone's gonna you know, and they're on the road, and they, and they have, and they can't beat, and they can't beat Pittsburgh on the road, so. So everything essentially is going to be stacked against them. No one in America is going to pick Cleveland or expect Cleveland to be competitive and or win this football game. But I I, th- I think Cleveland's going to go in. Plus, Juju running his mouth. They're going to have something to prove. And Baker Mayfield, you know, who I was awfully critical of at the beginning of his career, running his mouth and being cocky and being arrogant. This is this is and this is one of those times where he's going to end with that big boulder that's going to be on his shoulder. He's going to have to you know strut his stuff a little bit and play the game of his life like he did against Tennessee and like he did against Rave against the Ravens in Week 14. So I I, I think this game is going to be closer than people expect, and I and it would not shock me on any circumstance that Pittsburgh spits the bit and Cleveland takes care of business against Pittsburgh to move on to play Kansas City. 
to play Kansas City if uh, if the Colts uh, lose to the Bills on Saturday to play Kansas City come divisional round weekend. That is where you stand as far as um as far as a Super Wild Card weekend is concerned. Um, if you want me, if you want a prediction. Because my team, because uh, because of uh, the teams that I picked in the conference championship game, and uh, picked it's because of the teams I picked uh, in the conference championship games and in the Super Bowl are still alive and are in the playoff tournament. I had just a refresher. I had the I had the Saints and the Packers in the championship game in the NFC, Chiefs and Ravens in the AFC. I'll stick with those two, and I will stick by my Super Bowl pick between the Saints and the Ravens, and I will stick with my champion as like I had back in September with the Baltimore Ravens winning the whole thing. So I'm not changing anything on uh, I'm not changing anything on that end. But it is a Friday before it is a football Friday before another weekend of NFL football. Super wild card weekend. Only six games to pick, but that doesn't matter to me because it because in the league where you play for pay There are games to be had and games to be won. Game number one of Super Wild Card Weekend. Three games in three games with the two days. Indianapolis Colts going up against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favorite minus seven. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Give me Bills Mafia. And the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Favorite minus seven. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win the game. 35-21. The Los Angeles Rams going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Second time in three weeks these two teams have played each other at the same venue like they did in week 16 where Seattle beat them to win the, to win the division. Seattle favorite minus four and a half. Give me the Seattle Seahawks to win the game 24-10 to beat the Los Angeles Rams as a move on to divisional round. Seattle Seahawks favorite minus four and a half. Give me them to win the game 24-10. Tampa Bay going up against the uh, going up against Washington. Tampa Bay took care of business last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Washington, of course, beat the Eagles last week to win the division. Tampa Bay favorite minus eight. Give me the Bucks to win the game 28-3. Baltimore Ravens favorite minus three and a half going against the Tennessee Titans. This will be a football game for the ages, ladies and gentlemen. Give me the Ravens to get their revenge against Tennessee and win the game 37-34. Chicago versus the, versus the Saints. Saints favorite minus 9.5. Give me the Saints to win the game 31-13. And Cleveland against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me, Cle- give me uh, Cleveland to win the game 24-21. Pittsburgh favored minus 4.5 points. Those are your wild card weekend picks in the league where they play for pay. And that is your show.
thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, Jai Shields. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shields. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatelic underscore podcast and a show on Twitter. That's that's the uh, Instagram handle. The Twitter handle is at Amatel at Amatel underscore it TIS. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Y'all stay care- y'all take care. Y'all stay safe. See ya.